Welcome to podcast number 53 on March 2nd of 2022. My name is Ian Duncan MacDonald. I am the author for four investment books. Today, we will first answer five questions I have received in the last week, and then I will continue with chapter two of my latest book, American High Dividend Handbook. Question number one. Is Walmart a worthy investment for the long term? When I ran Walmart through the IDM stock scoring evaluator, it had a score of 61. With a score of 61, Walmart is a good long-term investment possibility. Personally, I avoid stocks scoring under 50. The highest score I have ever seen is a 78, and the lowest is an 8. According to the American High Dividend Handbook, out of 15,837 stocks available for you to buy, there were 67 high dividend companies traded on the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ with a score of 60 or more. A high dividend was described as 3.5% or greater. With a dividend of only 1.64%, Walmart did not make the cut for the book, but they are still in a select minority of stocks that can afford to pay a dividend. The daily volume of trades at 1,783,575 are still there and 17 analysts are pushing it as a buy. The operating margin, while low for a dividend stock, is not unusual for a retailer. Judging by the price-to-earnings ratio, it is a bit overpriced but not outrageously so. The current price of $136.46 is a nice gain over the March 2018 share price of $88.97. Since 100% of my portfolio is in financially strong companies paying high dividends, I would not be adding Walmart to my portfolio because there are many other strong companies where I can get a better dividend return. If you felt you needed a large retailer in your portfolio, then Walmart could be considered. After you had ran all the other major retailers through the IDM stock evaluator, things are neither great nor small, except by comparison. Scoring stocks gives you an objective means of comparison. Question number two. If actively managed funds don't beat the market, why do they exist? Actively managed funds do not need to beat the market. If the seller or marketer of a fund is skilled, he only needs to convince you, the investor, that the fund will beat the market. 
He can no more accurately predict the movement of the stock market than you can. All he has to do is convince you that he can predict future share prices. If he can do that, he can earn commissions and fees for all those involved in managing and selling a fund. To give him some ammunition to make the fund attractive to you, it is seeded with a few high-profile accounts to give the fund the illusion of being a solid investment. Since diversification is also promoted as being important in a portfolio, the fund will often be loaded with hundreds, even thousands of mediocre stocks to create an illusion of diversification. So many stocks that it is impossible to determine what they add to the fund. If the fund beats the market averages, that is great. If they don't beat the market, the advisor who sold you will convince the investor that this is just a minor deviation and beating the market is just around the corner. After losing perhaps hundreds of thousands of dollars, the investor may or may not come to the realization that the fund is only making money for those who sold it to him. However, laziness, inertia, fear of making a change, and fear of formalizing an apparent loss may result in them holding on to a poorly performing fund for decades. This is why I am a self-directed investor who only invests and carefully scored financially strong companies who have paid consistently high dividends for a decade or more. It is important that you know exactly who you are invested with and what you are invested in. Question number three. Why should a retired person still invest? An 80-year-old widow came to me and asked me if I thought it was reasonable that her life savings of $1,300,000 had fallen below $1,000,000. I looked at her portfolio. It was full of mutual funds, preferred shares, and loan agreements. She was receiving an income from this portfolio, $35,000 a year, as she had agreed with her financial advisor, she thought it was coming from dividends. It wasn't. She had no dividend-bearing investments. Her investment advisor was selling off a bit of her portfolio every month to provide her with this income. I could also see that he was taking out about $25,000 a year in fees and commissions for himself. She had not seen him in several years. This woman had helped me in a lobbying initiative. I felt obligated to help her as a friend. I spent about three months answering hundreds of her questions and showing her how to invest safely in financially strong companies paying high dividends. I showed her how to use the stock scoring software I had developed to help myself pick the best and strongest dividend stocks. She picked her own stocks. 
That was three years ago. She has more than recovered the $300,000 she lost and is now generating a dividend income of over $70,000. Her fears of outliving her money have evaporated. Every now and then she will ask me whether she should be worried about a particular stock. I will then ask her, have you scored it? She will laugh because she understands now that financially strong companies paying high dividends may see their share prices drop by 50% in a market crash, but they always rise again to new highs and they never stop paying their regular dividends. Why? Because speculators only control share prices. It is the management of the company that controls revenues and expenses that create profits from which dividends are paid. It is very easy to prove this. You can look back for decades at share prices and dividend payouts. Companies are like people. They have a character or a set behavior that sticks with them for a very long time. The widow knew I wrote novels. She said I should write about her journey to financial strength and independence. I did, and have since written three more investment books. I am almost 78. I've been retired for 18 years. Investing is my passion. I think all retired persons should understand how to safely invest. My income and my portfolio grow every year. It is not difficult. The idea that you should slowly liquidate your life savings as you age is nonsense. It is those that are feeding off your investors who want you to believe that. Question number four. In order to be a good technical stock analyst, what do I need to know? The interesting question is, why do you want to be a good technical analyst of the stock market? Is it because you want to impress someone with your grasp of stock market analysis techniques? Or is it because you want to be a profitable investor in the stock market? You certainly do not need to have a good grasp of technical analysis to become a very profitable investor. You can be a very successful investor by just keeping it simple. Invest in financially strong companies that have paid ever-increasing high dividends for a decade or more. Such companies have shown they have mastered how to manage the revenues and expenses that result in consistent profits from which their dividends are paid. It is very easy to prove this by looking at the historical records of share prices and dividend payouts. You will see many companies whose share prices declined by 50% during a market crash not only pay their consistent dividends, but many often increase those dividends as well. Speculators only control share prices and predicting future share prices accurately is not possible. Yet, technical 
analysis concentrates on the futile pursuit of trying to accurately predict future share prices. Question number five. I lost money in the stock market because I was too emotionally attached to a company. How do I avoid getting emotionally entangled in a stock? You can only lose money if you sold the stock. Why did you sell the stock? Was there a logic behind your decision? Or was it just a pure emotional knee-jerk reaction to negative news in the media? If you score your stocks and give them a mathematical value, you are then able to look at them objectively. Just because a share price declines is no reason to sell a financially strong stock. With IDM stock evaluation software that is provided with my investment books, you would see that the share price is only one of 11 factors that are being scored. The other 10 factors are as important as price. For example, operating margin, book value, price to earnings, and so on. I use this IDM stock scoring system and it allows me to avoid stocks that score under 50 out of a possible 100. In addition, since I only invest in financially strong companies paying high dividends, I would only consider selling a stock whose score fell below 50 while at the same time the dividend yield percent fell below 5%. I can go for a year without encountering such a situation in my portfolio. What is the result? In 18 years, the value of my portfolio is 500% higher than when I started, despite my taking a good six-figure dividend income out of it each year. I get paid that dividend income even in market crashes like 2008 and 2020. Unlike speculators, I do not really pay much attention to share prices. There is no need to stress yourself over when to buy low and when to sell high. What I do is easily look back over decades of historical facts on share prices and dividend payouts. I can see dividend payouts of financially strong companies being paid in market crashes, in some cases even increasing. While share prices may temporarily drop by 50%, they do rise again to new record highs. Stock markets always increase over time. Speculators only control share prices. They do not make the revenue and expense decisions which result in a company's profit from which dividends are paid. Chapter 2. We now continue with the remainder of Chapter 2 of the book American High Dividend Handbook. Financially strong real estate investment trusts REIT paying a dividend of 8% is attractive. You may want it in your portfolio for the reliable income it will deliver to your portfolio. However, by looking at dividend payouts and share prices over the last 20 years, you may see minimal change in the share price. 
search for stocks with greater potential for ever-increasing dividend payouts in tandem with ever-increasing share prices. Compare a very stable REIT to a bank stock. In 20 years, the share price of a bank may grow from $47.83 to $141.47, an increase of 295%. During the same period, their quarterly dividend payouts may go from $0.37 cents to $1.46, an even greater increase of 394%. You may want to consider having both banks and REITs in your diversified portfolio of 20 stocks. Each of these strong stocks in a different way would be contributing to your growth in your wealth and growing your income. The 3.5% yield selector did not reduce the number of stocks to a manageable number. You need other selectors to bring the numbers down. Many of the 1,430 dividend stocks are preferred shares. Preferred shares have almost zero potential for a share price increase and are most likely to lose significant share price value. Preferred shares can be eliminated for consideration by using the operating margin selector. It is listed under profitability criteria. From my experience, I would suggest setting the operating margin, perhaps at its lowest setting. Dividends are paid out of operating margins, which are covered in the next chapter. To take the number down further, under valuation heading, choose a low price-to-earnings ratio. All stocks without a price-to-earnings ratio are removed from consideration. The final criteria to bring the number down under the trading heading choose volume 90-day average. A stock with fewer than 20,000 shares being bought and sold in a day is both difficult to buy and difficult to sell. Using the 20,000 trades as your minimum effectively reduces the stocks you need to consider. By adjusting these criteria, you can increase or lower the number of stocks you wish to consider. For example, start with total stocks traded on the U.S. exchanges, 10,362. A 3.5% plus dividend reduces the 10,362 down to 1,430 stocks. Two, a daily volume selector reduces the total to 9,686 stocks. Three, a price to earnings selector reduces the total to 3,428 stocks. An operating margin selector of 2.1% reduces the number to 2,652. When all four selectors are used, together only 286 stocks qualify for consideration. You are in control of how many stocks you want to score 
are analyzed in detail. Too many stocks, and you may feel it requires too much work. Too few, and you may miss some good stocks for your portfolio. You may want to try several different criteria variations before you find the one that you feel comfortable with. In working with these criteria, it is interesting to note that it revealed that there are 676 stocks that have zero trades in a day and 6,934 stocks who have a price-to-earnings ratio lower than 1.86. That's all for Chapter 2. Next week, we will continue with Chapter 3, which is Score Data Sources. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com.